Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Luke and Pete's Summer. Pete Donaldson with you. I'm joined by Luke Miller. All right, how you doing? It's happening again. It's happening again. Third time, third time's a charm, Pete. <laughs> third time say. lucky. How you doing, man? You all right? Good, thanks. Yeah, ready for episode three. I'm excited. You're wearing a, a spectacular pair of Bermuda shorts today. Mm. And it's, it's long been a theme. Uh, you and I chatting about the, the clothes you wear. The clothes you wear. Well, let's talk a little bit about your little ensemble. You got jeans on. T-shirt. T-shirt. What's on the T-shirt? It's two. Let's run the jewels, mate. Run the oh, jewels. Oh, run the jewels. Okay. Yeah, they're very yeah. popular at the moment. They are. That's why yeah. I'm wearing it. <laughs> I just want the kids to accept me. Yeah. It's just nice to see you not wearing a Japandroid shirt, really, True. in many ways. It makes a change. <laughs> and you are wearing those Bermuda shorts very well, I have to say. I've got, I've got to hand it to you, pal. We, we got them for free, didn't we, from a... Or rather, I got them for free. What, Bermuda shorts? Uh, we went to, like, a PR company, and they had loads of clothes to show Oh, of course. You got those, did you? Yes. Okay, right, I remember And I also that, got yeah. matching shirt as well, so I could just wear it like a big, weird kind of safari suit. You would look like... Like a, you'd look camouflage. You'd look like you were just wandering through a sort of a Hawaiian sort of forest. <laughs> and before we move on too too far into episode three, mm. um, it's lovely to be back, of course, and lovely to have the listeners back with us. Mm. Before we move on to that, um, and while the theme tune is sort of roundly reverberating around people's heads still, I thought I would um, reply to a few people who got in touch and who is the theme tune by? What is it? Mm. The theme tune is called "I Got This" by the disgustingly talented. Um, Doc Brown, who not only is a rapper and a producer and a writer, he's also an actor, a comedian, a husband, a father, and all these other a lover. things. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, he kindly donated the tune, and we're very, very grateful for that. Uh, if you want to um, download it, of course, you can do from all the usual places, mm. iTunes, all that sort of thing. And if you want to buy a CD, keep it old school. Um, mm. I don't know if he's selling vinyl, but you can definitely get the CD from docbrown.co.uk. So thanks to Doc, and uh, thanks for everyone who got in touch asking about it. Head over to docbrown.co.uk to uh, to check it out. His new album's very good, and also uh, he probably sells cassette tapes non 2017 fashion, people, are getting, people are getting back into cassette tapes what I would say is that we mentioned my Bermuda shirt shots earlier on but uh, Doc Brown was the person who got me the free Bermuda shots Did if he? you remember rightly remember he hooked us up with that PR firm I um, shocked you by uh, throwing around a, a bottle of Wii that I'd found outside yeah that's right I do remember this day now yeah mm. I'm wondering if talking about sort of left on the street bottles of urine and us getting free clothes is going to turn off listeners. No, it won't get us any more free clothes and all that. No, it won't. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that day well, and uh, yeah. you obviously did very well out of it, Peter, as you, yes. as, you as is your want. I look resplendent. Mm. Um, so I want to introduce our new sponsor. Oh, okay, you got another one of you. Yep. <laughs> Go on then. So that blog down the street. <laughs> who says his name is Steve, or it might be Simon. The landlord of the pub around the corner reckons he's a wrong one, but that's between them two. Yeah. Oh, Stephen Simon. Yeah, Stephen Simon, yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. And okay. um, what's he donating to the show in terms of sponsorship? 
Give us a bottle of weed. He didn't. He didn't do any of that. Did he used to be in the SAS? <laughs> <laughs> Every pub's got a man who used to be in the SAS. Propped at the end of the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Get, after three or four pints, when when the after work crowd has dispersed, <laughs> and, and, and it suddenly gets a bit darker, and there's no one around, and it's one of those provincial sort of quiet pubs that you think, how is this still going? <laughs> That's always got someone in there like that, hasn't it? It always has. Just propped up by the doom bar cask. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Outrageous. Um, thank you very much for everyone who's been listening, by the way. It's gone yeah. very well. Top of the hit parade. All yeah. that jazz. Top of the hit parade at time of recording. Yeah. Um, <laughs> put that caveat in there. Because <laughs> we will sink like a stone. Exactly. <laughs> it's We're great so to be heavy. there. Great to be there. Uh, shall we kick off with the show proper? Yeah, show and tell, is it? Uh, show and tell, uh, basically a study of each other's weeks. It's been... One week since we saw each other. Show and tell, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to get concerned as to how much longevity that little jingle's got. No, exactly. We, we sticking yeah. with it? We're sticking with it. Well, yeah. no, <laughs> I like it. I like it too much. It makes me want to sing more. That's the problem. It's the only impression. I've just noticed a staple on, on top of the clock. What's that about? Yeah, hiding it from... What, from, what message? Potential themes. Yeah. Uh, I, it's the one part of one kind of song from the 90s that I can kind of ape and kind of sing it. Oh god! It's been. That, it's been. That's not bad. It's actually. not bad, is it? I think this is. It's been. It's been. Yeah. If that it sounded like a guy from S Town. If, if <laughs> okay. That, I'll tell you about it. That if <laughs> if there was no echo on that that actual the actual song, right? I don't think people would necessarily be able to choose between. Choose you. the choose between me. Can you put a bit of echo can on I your put voice? A bit of echo on it. Uh, yeah. Misc FX. Let's see if I can do that. Hello. No. Okay, you can't. <laughs> that's all right. The FX module is not uh, turned on. Or tuned in. We haven't rehearsed it. No. We have to rehearse Never it next mind. time. But Never I think mind. it's a very good effort it's anyway. It's been... <laughs> you can't, you're going to have to stop that now. Mm. You can't okay. go, we can't let that bleed into other features on the show. <laughs> but show and tell is up first, and I'm going to let you go first this time, Pete, because oh. I'm, I'm a gentleman. That's very kind of you. Um, mm. You know my feelings, Luke, on cooks on telly? Yeah, you, you've got a very fiercely... I mean, and people won't necessarily know this, but I'll, no. I'll, I'll follow them in. You've got essentially a very fiercely held belief... And problem with the fetishization of—is it fair to say—of food on television? Food on television, the 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 the, the rhapsodization of, of 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 just sustenance. Yeah. The just the glorification of just getting stuff down your gutter. It does my nothing. It's very much. It's very much. If you don't mind me saying, um, and I'll potentially incur the wrath of, of many listeners by saying this, but it's very indicative of, of a sort of it's grim up north attitude. <laughs> Which perhaps sort of show, sheds a bit of light on your upbringing. I don't think it is. I just think I cannot stand people who get all yappy about food and why I have to watch it on the television. I don't know. I mean, I don't have to. I can no. turn it off. But there was another one with the Rainers of this world on the television last night. Just all these people. He means Jay Rainer, by the way, not Claire Rainer. <laughs> well, son of. Yeah. Was it really? Yes. I didn't know that. High fives. Well, that's amazing. Come on. You have blown my mind. Come there. on! I didn't. I genuinely didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're very tall, quite heavy set people, aren't they? Both well, them, aren't so. we all? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So there was a program on last night where they had a lot of people um, sat around a conveyor belt, your sushi style. Oh, tried and of... tasted. I quite fancied it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. I quite it's like because just... I like this stuff. I, I enjoy it's watching like the it. The last days of bloody Rome. Do you know what fascinates me about t- about food television? And we won't go into too much detail because I know you genuinely hate it. <laughs> um, is that not as much as Craftdale pubs. No, yeah, we won't be able to that just yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll say that for later in the run. Yeah. But um, the reason I quite I initially became fascinated with like food television is because if you if you look at it and break it down into its component parts, it shouldn't actually work. And the reason mm. it shouldn't actually work is because it only satisfies one of the three main reasons that you enjoy a nice meal, and that's to look at it, which you can see on television, yeah. the smell and the taste. You can't get the smell and the taste, no. which are the most compelling parts of of, of a lovely meal. Please so, tell me so if I w- if I hid behind your sofa, I could watch you just trying to smell the. Te- 
apparently. Yeah, you could. I did that once with my sister. I said, oh, it's a scratch and sniff thing. It was yeah. comic relief or something. Yeah. And you obviously had a little card that used to, you, you would scratch along with whatever yeah. Lenny Henry was doing on the television. Yeah. And uh, she went up to the television and sniffed it. I was I'm like, oh, yes! I'm just trying to think of, an a, idiot. of a more 90s story than that. No, comic so, relief, Lenny, Lenny Henry, Henry, scratch and sniff. <laughs> Oh, I laughed so much I cried into my global hypercolour top. <laughs> it was just, which got discoloured by it. Um, basically, I'm I'm a fan, a recent convert to a YouTube chef. So we had YouTube last week. Last week, yes. of course, we had the uh, the man who eats um, old rations. Yeah, so I, I, I guess I do watch a lot more um, food telly than I realise. Yeah, I just do it on YouTube. I don't think get too sniffy about it on I feel, YouTube. I feel like you might be protesting a bit too much. <laughs> I'm a secret Craftdale fan. Um, so yeah. He's a man who, who's called um, Keith Cooks. Keith Cooks, okay. His name's Keith, uh, but it, it, his actual moniker's K-E-E-F. And Keith you, just, Cooks. you just loaded it in front of me. He looks a bit like... I don't, I don't know this guy. I've never encountered him before. I'm very much behind the loop on, on YouTube channels. Mm. He looks very much like a less glamorous uh, colonel from KFC. Is he, the, is he the height of glamour for you? He may be not the colonel we, we, we want, but perhaps the colonel we, <laughs> need, we need. We deserve. <laughs> yeah. um, basically, uh, I put a video of him on Twitter um, a couple of weeks ago because he'd cooked a long egg. And right. basically, all of his other videos have like five thousand views, six thousand views, because they're about just you know random you so, know, so this cook, is, cooking this like a chicken Kiev or something like that. This is a summation of your week: a man <laughs> cooking eggs on YouTube. <laughs> okay, right, pretty much. Okay, so this guy uh, he 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 had one kind of successful video, which was a long egg, which he did sometime last year. What is a long egg? Exactly. What right. is a long egg? Okay. Imagine a log. A, a log. Imagine imagine a log of egg. Oh, yeah. Imagine a long egg. Imagine an egg extruded along one plane so that. Um, it basically resembles a long, kind of like an Arctic roll okay. uh, kind of thing. Well, but like basically with, poached or something. But with a, but with but white round the sides and yellow in the middle. But, but it's one egg. But it's no, it's several eggs. But it oh, appears okay. to be if you cut them into small slices, it would look like the cross section of an egg. But this is extruded along one plane. Oh, like one of those um, pies you get, which has got an egg in the middle of it. Yes, but exactly. Just egg. But just egg. One hundred percent egg. egg. Okay. Yeah, exactly. He just wanted to make his dream was to make a long egg, and I put it on Twitter, and uh, people were just blown away by a his presenting style, which is he's very nervous. He does clearly doesn't like doing it, but he gets excited about the weirdest things. He, he's, yeah. he's not he, he's not particularly good. He's, he's got quite oh. shaky hands at times. I can't think like why well. you like him. <laughs> <laughs> the one presenter on the internet, I'm better than. Yeah. Yes, get in there. Um, so yeah, he's a, he's an amateur chef on YouTube. He made a long Scotch egg. Uh, if you want to check out the the video, it's, it's up on my Twitter at Pete Donaldson. But uh, this is uh, the follow up. He's okay. uh, got, he's moved on to um, what can only be described as a Scotch egg. He's making a long Scotch egg, Luke. Okay, right. And I mean, I've got, I've got it in front of me here. You've loaded that up. It's a man who looks like Colonel Sanders from KFC, mm. but I mean, a little bit fatter and a little bit sort of down on his luck. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you'll notice, Luke, that also it, the thing that I like about it and the thing that I liked about the original video is that his little kind of what, what would you call that? Soul patch. So, so it's, like, it's, it's, it's a it's, long soul patch. It's, it's, a, cl- it's, it's a classic sort of Wild Bill Hickok in Deadwood. Yes, exactly. Beard, isn't well, it's it? exactly yeah. the same as the Colonel, really. Yeah, uh, I don't know why he's doing that, uh, yeah. but it's kind of off centre a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. He's not, he's not measuring it properly. Yeah. And, and I'm just trying to paint a picture for the listeners. He's wearing, like, a classic sort of um, apron, like a, a striped mm. apron. It looks like a dad's uh, barbecue bit. Yeah, he does, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah um, so, if you want to click play on that, and just uh, kind of... This is him making what can be described as a long Scotch egg. Greetings, gastronauts. This is Keith Cooks. I'm Keith. Whoa, hang on a minute. First what? impression, I about to pause that. He's British. Yes. I Did you think he was American? Automatically, <gasps> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, he's, he's very English. Right, I'm going back in. Yeah. 
And today, at the risk of coming across as someone who's obsessive about long, eggy things, <laughs> I'm going to show you, well, I'm going to have a go at making a long Scotch egg. Okay. Oh no, Keithy, when are you going to do some more proper food? And what, a, what was that? Extra bonus, <laughs> it won't have any egg white, because that's boring, bland and rubbish, isn't it? Uh, do you like his style? I don't actually know. No, I, I mean, I mean, what I would say is, uh, use the space bar to oh, skip sorry, okay, yeah. to Yeah, there we go. I'm not very good I at YouTube. I fancy a slightly hot, smoky sausage around my egg yolk. And he's trying to be bawdy, Luke. Yeah. I want a little funnel. He's, it's a weird camera angle as well. I mean, for those listening, I mean, the camera angle looks like a CCTV camera. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we're intruding it's on him. Funnel. It's some of his, it's some, of, it's some of his, like, uh, more, um, sort of private moments. Yeah. You know I mean. it's, well, it kind of switches. I can't tell whether his missus is, uh, is filming him at times. This is, is, a, it, this is a static camera. That's sure. a static camera. But in some, you can sort of hear a woman sort of laughing in the background a little bit, which I quite like. Mm probably use all of that because i do like a highly seasoned sausage as it were uh, okay. <laughs> he knows what he's I'm doing using all of that <laughs> what I've, I've had arguments with people about this online when i've made sausages before his beard um, is really off center it's wrong <laughs> it's really off center now you've mentioned you it see. <laughs> 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 yeah it's far too it's far too fat <laughs> He's, he's, he's not doing. very good at it. That's what I like about <laughs> it. He's got really shaky hands and he's not very good at it. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is a tube of porky goodness. Turn it off. And he's using a sous vide machine. We've got. Yeah. <laughs> what we've got is um, a disaster. <laughs> the, uh, well, the egg yolk is totally runny. Oh, dear. <laughs> now, there's egg yolk everywhere. It's all over yeah. the table. I mean, I think this is essentially what a dad would do when he's finally coming to terms with his divorce. <laughs> That's exa- I, mean, is it, I mean, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, I'll be like Gordon Ramsay. I'll, I'll reinvent myself. I'll, and I'll put it on the internet. All the kids are doing that. Maybe I it's mean, his girlfriend in the background, then. I'm worried for Keith here. I'm, I'm, wor- I'm worried for At him... Cooks. I'm worried for him in a, in, a, in, a, in a different way than I was from the guy who would just eat old war rations. Right, OK. But, but to the same extent. They've both got everything to live for. They shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> no. How old do you reckon Keith is? I reckon he's 60? just out of his... No, I reckon he's about 55, but his, his white hair. Yeah. So white and so fluffy and so kind of um, grandfatherly. What do you think is the reason for him having such a bad sort of time of it, but yet still uploading the video? Well, that's his first attempt. That's the thing that gets me. That's his first attempt at making a long egg scotch egg yeah. that he's obsessed with. Uh, but, but, but if you make, make, have, a four, have a four or five attempt, but you don't have to upload it. <laughs> I know. You can practice as much as I you know. want. Yeah. I know. He's it, doing a lot of R&D on yeah. air, and yeah. I, I can't understand it. And he doesn't seem to be... He seems to be very disappointed when it goes wrong. I mean, when he sort of said, that's a disaster, there was egg... There was egg yellows, the middle... What do you call egg it? Egg yellow. yellow. Egg the yellow. yolk. The yolk. There we go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Egg the yellow. Egg yellow. The egg yellow. <laughs> oh my god, that's a man who doesn't watch any cooking shows. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should do one. Yeah, you should. Pizza summer show. You should. Uh, yeah, so you just, there's just egg, egg, uh, egg yellow everywhere. Yeah, I don't, all over the table. It's not a pleasing watch. <laughs> I'm worried that it sums up your week because this section is specifically about things that happened this week. Although my show and tell is actually food related as well. Okay, which we'll come on to it in well, a minute. He, he eats better than me. He's eating a long uh, Scotch egg. The crying out. But what gets me is he, he had two or three videos uh, worth of doing the long egg in the first place so he's just constantly just uploading stuff well, I wonder where he, where he first became um, obsessed, obsessed with, with the egg. long egg yeah do you want to watch the rest of it there's only, yeah, like, it's, there's it's only four, yeah. 40 seconds left yeah right. enjoy it I will be the first person in the world ever to have long scotch egg 
So, uh, yeah. Try not to snap it. I'm not sure that's that true. Be a disaster. We are not at home to Mr. Disaster today. Are you ready? That's you just sure? appeared cooked. Shall I? Okay, then. Yeah, I ate it out when he cooked it. Mmm. <laughs> I think we might have got a disaster. That's, um, <laughs> Another so one. Listen to the description. Yeah. Long Scotch egg, nearly. Brilliant. I am the first man on the moon with a long Scotch egg. How about that? Yeah, I mean, Keith is a man who needs help. You know, the- I think it had absorbed meat juices, which had changed its colour. Its colour. Plus, and also, you know, it's surrounded by brown stuff. Thanks, Keith. Uh, yeah, I just like the post Martin. It's just really just funny. It did absorb meat juices. He looks genuinely crestfallen. <laughs> egg fallen. Imagine that. Imagine you're uh, an old friend of Keith, and he's one of those friends that, you know, you're still pals with, but mm, you drift apart a little bit mm. over the years, and you, yeah, you, maybe he lives locally, so you still see him for a pint. You get out in the pub about eight o'clock for, for a beer, and the lo- I mean, I'm sure he lives in a sort of small, small town, and you mm. go to the local pub. What have you been up to today, Keith? <laughs> I would What's be... the longest egg you've ever seen? <laughs> when he was dr- telling me, I'd be necking that pint out of there. <laughs> this well, is well, when he made the long egg in the first place, to put in the long egg, uh, scotch egg, the thing that got me was he was very uh, adamant that he was allowed to go to the pub after he'd made it. He went, yes, I can go to the pub, now I've made the long egg. So you reckon... <laughs> so so you he's reckon... like set a little challenge for himself. Or, he's, or over that where he's making it under duress. <laughs> <laughs> Which would explain a lot of what I've just watched. He did look very nervous and he's shaking all the time. Maybe he is. Has he been held hostage by an egg pervert? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he has. Oh, goodness so, me. So, yeah, if you want to check out um, Keith Cooks, he's Keith Cooks I on mean, YouTube. I mean, look, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll warn you on that. Right. You're going to you're gonna have to really need to and want to watch that. <laughs> you really need a long egg in your life. Yeah. Wow. Right, listen, my, that, that's an excellent start, Pete. Mm. I've enjoyed that. My, my show and tell is also food-related, but in a slightly different way. Right. So I was heading back... Back through London, Victoria, mm. uh, uh, the other night, uh, which I'd done a show with you, and it was mm. quite late by the time we finished. And I thought to myself, when I got to Victoria, I'm Jordan for a long egg. Yeah, no, I need a long egg. No, I, I, I just think get a burger from McDonald's. Right, right? I'm just going to grab a McDonald's burger, eat it on the train. Mm. As I got there, I was you one, of the, you one of them guys eating hot burgers well, you know on what? the train. I'm not generally, but the, the, we're talking about got the vestibule, mate. We're talking about quarter past eleven. There was hardly right. there was no one on the train. I mean, I was in the carriage on my own. Okay. Uh, it's not something I normally do. But anyway, um, I was in a bit of a hurry because I was waiting for a train. That that annoys me because people who work in train stations in in sort of um, restaurants, shops, in train stations, yeah, always. My tip to them is, <laughs> admittedly, this is unsolicited advice, but always maintain the idea and acknowledge that, that you're in a train someone, station. Yeah, that someone has to be somewhere. Yeah. I didn't come here yeah. for a nice restaurant experience. No. I didn't come here to kind of like chat the, sh- you know, sh- shoot the breeze with a friend yeah. and just soak up the atmosphere. I came in because this is fast food and I want it fast. Oh, Another the- thing that annoys me is chicken shops. Yeah. You know, like in the parochial kind of like town centres and stuff. Yeah. You go in and they've got the chicken ready. Yeah. yeah right, I'll have ten, sp- 10 spicy wings. That's too many. But yeah, <laughs> 10 spicy wings I'll usually have. Um, and, uh, and they'll cook the chips there and then because they don't want to waste the potatoes. Yeah, okay. And I'm like, no, you have, like McDonald's and the big ones, you have it ready, you put the salt on it, and you serve it up. You don't cook them to order. That's not how fast food works, mate. No, yeah, I see what you mean. They're the cheapest part of the operation. They are, massively. I mean, if you're buying (laughs) potatoes in bulk, you're not spending anything. Furious. Um, But what this sort of situation does to me makes me really British. But the first thing I wanted to say when I got to this McDonald's sort of um, Mm. thing was, was... I've got four minutes. <laughs> Were you hopping from yeah. foot to foot? <laughs> but anyway, this is, anyway, so I, I actually made the train, it was fine, but the thing that really piqued my interest was two kids in front of me, mm. and uh, they were teenagers, and one of them said to the guy behind the counter, can I have something off the secret menu? Mm. And I was like, what? 
I saw, and, and, and the guy behind the counter who worked for McDonald's just said, I don't know what you're talking about. No. He just pulled the shutter down. Yeah. <laughs> He'd been blown. He didn't quite go that far, but he stopped, he sort of essentially denied all knowledge of it. Right. And, um, That's I, what they would do. I've recently heard a, um, rumours about a secret menu in fast food restaurants. If people mm. who are listening know all about this, then I apologise. But if you don't, and I hopefully, hopefully you don't, there has long been an internet rumour that all the main top fast food restaurants have secret menus. And if you go there and order things off the secret menu, they will serve them to you. Mm. And I'm talking, and I, 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 I did a bit of further research, and uh, McDonald's particularly um, has um, one, one called a Land Sea and Air, Air Burger, which is a filet fish, a chicken sandwich, and a and a quarter pound of patty in a burger. Oh. There's a Monster Mac, which is apparently eight eight patties. There's um, loads loads of different stuff, and and. I was trying to find raw, sort of hardcore evidence that this mm. actually existed. It's not just an internet rumour. And the only thing I could find on the internet was pictures of these apparent burgers, mm. but with no one in the sort of uh, picture eating them, not in the main restaurant. It looked to me like people working there just mucking about. And um, I, I, I got a link through to a, 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 um, a newspaper article in, in a town in the US. Uh, I forget where. Not a, not a big town in the US. And, and, and it was clearly not a big town because the news was they were opening McDonald's in it. And the, <laughs> and the spokesman, who was, or the guy who was opening the restaurant, when asked about the secret menu for some random reason, he just said, no, um, uh, we're, we're happy for that rumour to continue because it's great PR for the company, but that doesn't exist. And I wondered if you, being a man who's very close to these internet type things, uh, would, and who would know about it, knows anything and could shed any light on it, because well, I, I would love to know one or the other, because it's fascinating. Well, I can't really shed any light on it, but I have heard on more than one occasion that people just go in and there, you know, there's an implicit uh, kind of agreement that if you ask for something, they can do it for you. I mean, I, I, I don't know how they price that up, but if you went, right, I want, you know, the Lancy Airburg or whatever, I think they'd have to go, well, we're charging you full price for the all of for all of the things, and then we're just going to mash it together and throw away or, or not use um, some of the buns. So I, I reckon you could probably do it, but, I mean, they do in Starbucks quite a lot, because obviously there are very different, you know, uh, different different uh, drinks you can make out of, you know, c- constituent well, well, parts. Well, well, on Twitter, when I searched for it on Twitter... Um, a lot of the a lot of the tweets were made up of people, and more than a few people saying, "I used to work at McDonald's. I've never heard of this." And yeah, like laughing emojis. I, and stuff. I thought it was a big. I thought it was a big American thing. I thought it was like just you. You can do it, but it's it's not. Um, it, it, like they don't see it every day, do they? No. It, it, you're just being a dick. You know, you are just being a well, dick. And, and Buy the, those three things and make it yourself. Yeah. I know, and it's a bit of an odd one, but I, I found a website called HackTheMenu.com where they list all the major, admittedly American fast food restaurants. Mm. And there are loads that you've never heard of if you've never been to America because mm. they don't come over here. Things like Dairy Queen and Arby's and all mm. these other things. And, and they and they it's like in a, and out. It's like, yeah, in out burger. It's a one stop shop for all these secret menu items. And I just think the reason I think that um, it might be an urban myth is because I spend a lot of time in fast food restaurants, <laughs> as you all know, and I have never ever seen one. So if anyone's out out there can can give me hard evidence, not my mate once had one. Mm. I want to see you a photo of you eating it or even a video if, if possible. Hello at Luke at LukeandPeachy.com. Send it in because it blew my tiny mind to bits and the only thing I could think of that I could have any sort of direct uh, experience of was when we went to a, uh, an Indian after the pub once when we were about 18 and my mate asked them to give him the hottest curry they had and it wasn't on the menu and it was ridiculous right okay. and, um, and uh, they did it and it was called a foul P-H-A-A-L I um, uh, once asked a man with you know those kebab spits those things yeah. that rotate and they're just disgusting obviously as they rotate the only the outside of the meat gets cooked I asked for like a sausage of that meat so he sort of carved out a sausage 
And, why um, did you do that? I shat for like the rest of the day. I bet you. <laughs> why did you do that? Okay, well, I was you like, well, off. I, yeah, I was like, I wonder what that tastes like because I've tasted like you know scraped off meat, but I wouldn't mind sort of grabbing a like a long egg in, in many ways, <laughs> eating a long egg of like uh, the spiritual leader. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he does look a bit culty. Yeah, I know. Yeah, excuse my French, but yeah, uh, he, uh, uh, yeah, it was. That, that, I wasn't very well after that. I can imagine. That reminds me. Once I was, at, um, I'm from uh, as you as you know, Pete. I'm from Portsmouth, and I was out and in, in particular less than salubrious part of town once a number of years ago and there was a KFC there mm. and, and it was one of those sort of not 24 hour but it opened yeah. late and there were people queuing up um, for, 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 for a bit of chicken or whatever and no word of a lie this guy walked in about four or five people deep the queue was a guy walked in bypassed the queue slammed his hands on the counter really loudly went to the guy behind the counter have you got any old meat oh, like as in do, no. you, do you want to give me any meat oh right okay that, that um that you're not going to sell because I haven't got any money and I'll just eat it. Yeah. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? He said, have you got any old meat? Have you got any old meat? And they had to, you had to take him out. Because you know those sort of places have like bouncers just on them and stuff. So they take him out, basically. I, two, two stories. I remember being outside chicken in Leicester. Might be, actually, either way, uh, actually, let's bleep out those two small brands, but still brands nonetheless, uh, of chicken shops. Brands with larger law, but <laughs> sort of legal budgets than us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd get my money back going in and actually eating in there yeah. and getting ill. Um, but there was a guy who turned up and went, oh, I've got 16 chickens in the back, uh, in the, back of the van. And they went, all right, take Being my serious? back. Yeah, take my back. But wow. I mean, I mean, fair dues, it's their chickens. Wow. They still have chicken, but I mean, they're not running a slaughterhouse. They shouldn't be allowed to do that, should they? No, and, and uh, surely there's some sort of permit required. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that reminds me, in turn, of another story. Uh, where, <laughs> Fast food stories. Yeah, I know, right? It, it, this is the way the show goes. Yeah. Um, my mate had a, had a flat opposite a kebab shop and had a little balcony on it. It's on the first floor. And, um, Dream home for yeah, me. I know. I know. But it, it, was, it, was, yeah, it was just ideal. Better than the French Riviera. You could not get me out of there, I tell you. Um, and um, and uh, we used to sit outside and, and um, watch people in there. So if, mm. you, if you went out on a Friday night, you didn't want to go on a Saturday night or whatever, we'd go around our mate's house and, mm. and just have a beer and stuff. And you'd always watch people out there. And it would be almost like British life in microcosm, you know. Mm. And, and, and anyway, there used to be fights and fun things and that sort of stuff. And... Um, and once, no word of a lie, we were up pretty late and it had closed. And the guy had taken the kebab meat in one of those metal sort of depositories that they keep yeah, the yeah, meat yeah. in, the, the kebab meat in, mm. took it outside. Please tell me you did an ice bucket challenge with it. <laughs> no. <laughs> greasy man, but, hello. But he tipped it out on the pavement right. to get some of the old meat out of the bottom of it. Right. Which he then put down the drain in the gutter. And then the newer meat he put back in the thing and took it back in and put it on the thing. Telling you, no word wow. of a lie. That happened. Be careful out there, kids. Oh, that's like it's, uh, a, it's a minefield. There was a murderer in North London who killed uh, a lot of uh, gay men and put their bodies down the drain. And then Dino Rod, I think, came and to, to clear the drains that got blocked, obviously because it was just full of block. Right. And uh, he, um, in between them reporting the fact that there was a lot of body parts in the in the um, wow. in the drain to the police. When was this? And the police turning up. Probably about 20 years ago, maybe, okay, right. maybe 30 years ago. The okay. house always goes up for um, for auction, and whenever it comes up for auction, it's it's relatively cheap for a house in, I think, Chalk Farm. Uh, it always goes, um, people who bidded for this property uh, really should look into its past. Right, okay, okay. I'd be like, well up for it. If it's cheaper, I'd be like, well up for it, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but between the uh, between Dino Rod reporting to the police and the police turning up, this guy went back and replaced in the drain all of the body parts and the bits of meat and gristle with um, bits of chicken oh, to try God. and defeat 
the uh, well, obviously it didn't work. The, no, it didn't work. He, he instantly got arrested. That's, but, that's, um, <laughs> that's a, that is an incredible story. <laughs> Here's another one. It's uh, bleak. I Holloway Road, KFC. I can say this because it definitely happened. Um, and I was a bit pissed. It was probably about like eleven o'clock, and I was getting some um, spicy wings. The, I tell you, the day I discovered spicy wings. Yeah, oh, dangerous. Man. Um, and the guy at the counter went, do you want some popcorn chicken? Right. I went, no, I'm all right. He goes, it's free. I uh-huh. went, all right then. And he got his little tongs and proceeded to feed me with his tongs over the counter. <laughs> like a bird feeding its young. And I was going, nom, 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 nom. You were going along with it. I was going, I was, I was going along with it, but I was, like, I was like, that was a bit weird. Did, right? he, have, did he have an erection? <laughs> He wasn't even. He wasn't even working there. <laughs> it's so strange. Oh my goodness! Dudes, I so think. Yeah. I think that is the. That, that is ordering off menu. That is. Can you feed me popcorn <laughs> chicken with your tongs, please? That That's is for free. How oh, is it? Right. That is the crescendo. This part of the show was crying out for. Dawn, so I think we have to move on from that. Surely. All right. Incredible. Then. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, Luke, don't gunge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. Never argue with the customers. No, well, well, certainly not in in those chicken places. (laughs) Um, Come on to the part of the show, which we tentatively started calling Agony Uncles, haven't Mm. we? Uh, After after last week's, frankly, horrific um, uh, contribution from from one of our listeners. Um, It's not deterred people from emailing in. (laughs) No. But I don't think we necessarily want to make a virtue of that type of stuff. We want to move on, maybe make it a little bit different. So... Um, I've got I've got one f- 
a little bit more straight laced uh, problem and dilemma. Um, okay. I know you've have you got one as well. Uh, yeah, I can I can chuck one in. Yeah. Okay. Well, should I go first? Or do you yeah, want to go? You go. Okay. Right. Okay. Here we go. Um, so obviously we're going to protect the names of the innocent here, and so this is from J L. <laughs> we'll just use the initials. Right. Um, it's not Jennifer Justin Lopez. Justin Lee Collins. Yeah. Or no, or we're, not going, we're not going. We're not going down, down that route. There. No way. No. Not after last time. Um, J L says, "Hello, chaps. I have an issue that requires your expert opinions. Um, would you go to a stag do?" knowing that you had not been invited to the wedding. To put this into context, the Stag Do is in Amsterdam and includes go-karting and the Heineken Brewery Tour, brackets, which I've been on before. <laughs> there are 12 going on the Stag Do and only four have been invited to the wedding. I was on the wedding invite list, but got bumped as the groom was under pressure to invite distant relatives rather than friends. All thoughts are welcome, JL. Go ahead, Pete. I think that's fine if you are a... If, if you are already going to the wedding and you did get bumped and the vast proportion of the people on the stag do are not going to the wedding, I think that is fine. If you were one of the few who weren't going to the wedding, that would be upsetting. Yeah, I, I'm, I would probably come down a bit harsher than that, actually. I, I've been to many stag do's and stag weekends where I've not been invited to the wedding, nor have I been oh, really? expecting to invite... No, because because you have a group of friends... We had, we had a group of friends uh, maybe a number of years ago where there would be always be like 10 or 12 of us as a base who would always go to each other's stag weekends. Right. Um, and and we've been, I, I'm, I've been to three or four that I've not even been, had a sniff of the wedding. <laughs> and, and and the reason I'm going to come down a bit harsher on it is because what's happening these days, I think, with, with weddings, not just weddings, but perhaps weddings particularly, certainly in this case, is that people are seeing them as just another event. Oh, it's another thing to do. Because everyone goes out all the time, has parties, does mm. things. People think of, as a wedding as, as something like... You know, this is a thing to do. It's a party to go to. It's an event. I want to be a part of it. Right. At the risk of sort of alienating one particular listener who's got in touch, JL, it's not about you, mate. You know, <laughs> it's their day. It's their evening. And, and they have different sets of priorities when it comes to the wedding itself. Mm. And the family sometimes takes precedent. You know, it, it just does. And that's how it is. Enjoy the stag. Enjoy the Heineken Brewery tour, which you've been on before. Yeah. As far as I know, they're still serving beer on that tour. <laughs> so you'll still have a good time. Yeah. And um, go karting's not really for me. But, you know, I understand people do Luke, that too. Luke had two weddings. I didn't get invited to either. <laughs> I did, didn't I? I did. <laughs> Johnny, that's true. Jimmy Five Bellies, two mm. weddings, Luke. I know, that's what they call me. That's what they call me. Um, I'm not John Prescott, but for weddings. I got, in, <laughs> I got invited to uh, my sister's wedding, which was very good. Well, that's her. expected. I mean, that's expected. Yeah. Um, one of the few members of the family that can read, do reading <laughs> at the service. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, barely. Yeah. Um, and, I've heard you show, mate. And I wasn't, <laughs> and I wasn't uh, invited on the stag. Yeah, that, that's an awkward now, one. Now, so the brother... I, the thing is, I would have turned it down. Because yeah. there's nothing worse than it being in a group of friends and then having some knob... Even from the family. From the family, yeah. who's a bit of a dick, who might report back, blah, blah, blah. Can't so be asked. I, I've got this issue pending because my sister's right. getting married in a couple of years mm. and uh, they're, they're, they're planning and stuff now, as you have to these days, uh, well in advance. And I've been invited to the stag and I get on well with, with my future brother-in-law. Mm. But I have said to him... between Future me, brother-in-law sounds yeah. like a TV show on Netflix. <laughs> it does. Wait, wait, they'll make future it. Future brother-in-law. <laughs> they'll definitely make from it. From space. Um, if um, I've said to him, I, I've taken to one side and said, look, if you don't want me to come, it's awkward for you. I completely understand. Mm. I, I'm, ha I'm happy to say mm. a, a reason why I can't go or whatever. And he's mm. like, no, no, I really want you to come. It'll be fine, all this other stuff. So oh, I'll, you're amazing. I'll, I'll report back. Your life and soul, mate. Like, no, my mates will love you. <laughs> I think... Uh, oh, no, because they're not American. Uh, but if you had... Uh, I, I think there's a difference between... Um, American stag do's and British stag do's as well. British stag do's are just like block out a weekend, try and kill each other. Yeah. 
America and, and other places, I think they're a bit more respectful for I, people's I, livers and, and, I would, I would and, go with and that, future yeah. lives. I th- but there's no peril. It used to be about um, you take someone out like a couple of days before the wedding or the day before the wedding. There's but no th- peril. There's just no peril anymore. I don't like peril though. <laughs> mild, not even mild peril. No, for me, I think that's for uninteresting people who can't really enjoy themselves otherwise. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it's a little bit sort of cliche and a little bit sort of base, isn't it, to just hammer the hell out of this stag? <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't really subscribe to that. Mind you, I haven't said that. It's probably because I'm old now. That's probably why I think. Mm. That. But um, yeah, anyway, so JL, thanks for getting in touch. Um, enjoy the stag. Don't worry about the yeah. wedding. But do something else. Uh, stags are particularly boring because the, the strip clubs are usually involved. involved. And they are the dullest place on goddamn earth. Yeah. Um, Katie Devon has got in touch. Hello, Katie. Oh, good, good. Oh, I, good. I was hoping she would get in touch because she <laughs> tweeted. So excellent. Yes. Uh, dear Luke and Pete, as per your request on Twitter, I'm providing the story about how my dad ended up in hospital uh, as a result of uh, pickled onions. So this is go- this goes back to um, <laughs> oh, we, sure. we talked about pickled onions in episode one. Yes. And um, and did you just start talking about pickles? Yeah, I can't remember why. To I, be s- I said that my granddad used to pickle onions, which I, he did. Yeah, I got on to I'm um, talking about the Barry Norman. Barry Norman. Well, uh, Barry Norman does. I, 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 re- I researched this. You mm. re- revealed to everyone that Barry Norman uh, <laughs> revealed lo- loves pickling onions. Well, I yes. certainly didn't know it, and so I did a bit of research. And um, David Cooper, his friend of both of us, yes. actually, said he sent a picture of a jar of pickled onions Barry Norman endorsed. In fact, Barry Norman made, and the label said label reads on it um, Barry Norman pickled onions, uh, and at the bottom it says from the true connoisseur. So right. I, I think it sounds to me like Barry. Norman thinks he's got a reputation in the game as being a, a, a big pickled onion man. Yeah. Which is news to me. I'm sure he's <laughs> right, but it's news to me. Do you know what I'd like to see? Big, nice, long pickled egg. Yeah. Long egg. <laughs> a long onion. Long onion. <laughs> Big long onion. Yeah, try and do that, key feet. Uh, so, yeah, um, basically, uh, Katie Devon's dad ended up in hospital as a result of pickling onions, or pickled onions. Yeah. Uh, this is a story that my dad strenuously denies, but my uncles and nan are all adamant, so it must be true. Um, we are a family who love pickled onions around Christmas, uh, so there would have been a lot of them hanging about, so my dad as a young lad helped himself. Now, a jar and a bit later, this didn't agree with his stomach, unsurprisingly, yeah. I may add, and he keeled over in pain and was rolling around on the floor. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I, my, our family's a fan of pickled onions as well. Mm. But I, I would, I would, I would be surprised if there's many people out there who likes pickled onions more than I do. I, I, I would never have more than probably four. R- really? Yeah. I've eaten a jar before. No, and but it does you kill t- your guts. Are you talking about silver skin no, pickled onions no, no, or no, actual big one, proper no, ones? None of your kind of like ones you put really? in a martini okay. or something like a proper in a martini. You have martinis, don't you? Olives. Yeah, but you can have pickled onions. You have a little pickle with it, don't you? On the on the spiky stick. It's, a, it's almost like a savoury drink, isn't it? So I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not like going to ridicule you totally. So yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he killed over in pain. My nan at this point, with fear of appendicitis, rushed him to the hospital where he was monitored overnight. Now, at some point in the morning, when my dad was remarkably better, the doctors figure out the real cause uh, was basically he'd eaten too many pickled onions and was sent home. <laughs> I like to think that he just pumped and went. <laughs> I feel better now. <laughs> Because all it does is just build it, like it's, it's it attacks your stomach. It, Imagine you him lying in the in the in the uh, hospital bed, and the, and they say, "Yeah, we'll keep you in. We know what's wrong mm. with you. We'll keep an eye on you." And they walk out, and then he just has a massive pump, and, he, <laughs> and all of a sudden he feels fine. He just, he's just looking around. Going, oh God, what do I do? Do I fake my symptoms? Here? <laughs> do you reckon? I mean, don't, you do, in, don't do hearty bluffs in one of those hospital gowns. You'll nah, stain, you'll stain something. Do do um? Does he say in the email that he? he does it say in the email that he denies it? He denies that's what it was. He denies that's what it was. Yeah, oh, okay, so right. he, yeah. It, okay. um, it, you'd think that would put him off uh, pickled onions for life, but no, there's still a fight every Christmas between the family as to who gets so many pickled onions and who gets few. Uh, uh, well, well, it reminds me of a story. I went to Florida with my family on holiday in about um, 1992 mm. or something. I was 10, yeah. 11, something like that. And um, and it was my birthday the night before we flew home. Right. 
it's probably my I, I think I was probably 10 going on to 11 and uh, so my, my parents and my, my nan and granddad was there as well and they, and they took they took us took me to a restaurant uh, for my birthday mm. and it's one of these mad restaurants in, in Orlando where you can just eat whatever you want it's yeah. one of those things right and um, I for the first time I discovered uh, breaded mushrooms Oh, with, right, with okay. garlic dip yeah. it's quite oh. a 90s thing but yeah, they're nice yeah, aren't they yeah, they're nice yeah, yeah. and so um, I just essentially being a, literally being a kid in a, in a sweet shop but with <laughs> mushrooms uh, I just piled them on I just ate so many of them I probably yeah. must have eaten I mean 50 of them yeah Anyway, that's too many, especially because yeah. they're fried as well. No, I carried oh. on, just ate, ate everything I could, and um, the next morning woke up and obviously I was awfully sick, like really badly ill. Yeah, your stomach was just a, a mass yeah. of fungi. fungi. I, was, I was a fungi to be with that morning. <laughs> so anyway, we were flying back that day, right? So we were flying back um, I, that afternoon yeah. overnight because of the time difference and all that stuff, and um, and so I was I was ill. Um, I couldn't stop throwing up. To the point where my parents were actually quite worried about me, and we, mm. and we got to the airport, and they were trying to give me fluids as much as they could, but I was still bad. They had to call a doctor to the airport to right. check me over because I think whoever it was at the time, whichever airline it was, was saying that if your if your son doesn't turn it around, we can't let him fly. Yeah, we cannot let him fly. And my parents were like, "Oh God!" Uh, anyway, luckily, and back then, like it's kind of really str- like air travel. Yeah, like you go. Oh well, we need to live here now. Yeah, exactly. We live in America now. It's kind of like uh, like now you kind of like, I'll just get another flight and yeah. pay a ridiculous amount yeah, of money. Yeah, but you, it's you just... can't. And and I've just realised what a food related show this has been today. Yeah. But anyway, so my dad luckily managed to convince the, the guy to let me on the plane. But <laughs> let I was, my mushroom boy on the plane. I was being. <laughs> I was the human mushroom was being sick all the way home. <laughs> it was dreadful. Absolutely oh. dreadful. I, I, I was so. I remember being so um, ill and week mm. that I couldn't walk from the taxi to the house and my dad had to carry me I was, like, I was like 11 my dad had to carry me in <laughs> and, and still now this is the measure of the type of family I live in they still take the, take the mick out of me now if a mushroom gets served up at any sort of meal they're like Amazing. oh do you remember, remember your mushrooms remember when you ate all mushrooms yeah, 30 That's... years ago <laughs> Crazy. Fantastic. I, I um, once, um, speaking of being in a hospital for a strange reason, I used to go, as you can hear from my voice, <coughs> I've got um, bad asthma. you got uh, emphysema. I've got emphysema. I, think, oh, I don't know, I've got a bad cough uh, quite recently. Well, the air quality in London is dreadful, so it's It is pretty dreadful. Um, I had a better time in Beijing, to be honest, than, that, than Did London. Did you really? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I used to be quite poorly. I, I spent a couple of Christmases when I was very little uh, in hospital, which is brilliant because you get spoiled rotten Christmas, by yeah. everyone on the ward, yeah. all all the, all the charities who, who send in toys, you get more toys than usual. Brilliant. Mm. Big Tonka car um, one, yeah, I remember. Did you really? Lovely. Is it, you had a better Christmas in a hospital than your parents <laughs> yeah. could give you at home. Yeah, exactly. My, 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 mine, he's my age, so he's mid-30s. He, um, both in our 30s, uh, we, we, <laughs> he goes home for Christmas back to his parents' mm. place, but there's no really, really no room for them because the family's become quite big yeah. now children and grandchildren and all that stuff and so he and his wife stay in the Holiday Inn just down the road that's what happens to my sister she r- would rather stay in the Holiday Inn what he says it's amazing <laughs> because you're the only people there yeah. you get absolutely spoiled rotten nothing is too much trouble they love having you there and he said, and he said like, the first time he did it um, he was like this oh, is depressing rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they do it every year now I can't believe their luck I absolutely <laughs> love it and they get like really good deals as well so, kings of the Holiday yeah, Inn so there you go well I uh, used to um, go to hospital quite a lot and um one year uh, on the children's ward, they installed a ball pool, and I was like, "Brilliant!" Yeah. And I wanted to stay in hospital, but they yeah. discharged me because I got better. Yeah. The thing about 
young asthmatics is, do you know what makes your asthma worse? What? Orange, undiluted cordial. Does it? So I drank as much undiluted orange cordial as I could and made myself sound all wheezy. I'm like, ma'am! Oh dear. I'm not very well with asthma. Do your parents know that to this day? No. (laughs) No, they do not. And they took me back to the hospital and I stayed for another couple of days and played around in the ball pool. Thing is though, they put a drip in your arm so that's, that kind of, you can't really jump around with it, with it, with it. So I was was hoisted by my own drip there. I'm just just trying to wrap my brains as to why the NHS is so under pressure. But if, if, if anyone out there does spend Christmas every year in a sort of non-traditional place, you yeah. tell us, hello at lukeandpeacher.com. We'd love it down. Um, let's, let's take this down to the Alan Partridge Boulevard and tell <laughs> us about that. Um, good stuff. All right. Uh, that's the end of the correspondence, but do get in touch with us, as I, as I said, hello at lukeandpeacher.com. Yes, do it. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope. Good morning. I love that. Oh, you stopped it. I've yeah. listened to that all day. I don't think I trimmed it properly. No, okay, I think right. that might have been an echo of last week's show, in fact, that it, I cut out. It's a favourite part of the show for me, this. Mm. Uh, Men Carter. Mencarta 95 slash Mencarta 2017. Yeah, we're inducting uh, things into our own virtual online um, repository, so to speak. Encyclopedia, if you will. And there's someone on email um, this week said, mm. uh, potentially erroneously, or they did it on purpose, mm. Mencyclopedia. Sorry? A Mencyclopedia. Like Mencarta, a Mencyclopedia. Yeah. Do you get it? No. Basically, we've, we've taken N... I'll explain your own feature, which you invented. Yeah. Back to you. Men Carter. Yeah. Because yeah, we're two men. But someone emailed in, yeah. calling it a encyclopedia. Yeah. Well, what do you, where do you think the word Encartus came from? Well, I'm just saying. Presumably it's the, you know... I'm giving you the different... I'm, give, I'm giving you... <laughs> I'm giving you... Greek I've, just said, I've just said Men Carter 95 slash Men Carter 2017, or as someone called it this week, a encyclopedia. Yeah. yeah. What's All your right. problem, Donaldson? It's a man's needs. Man's needs. It's been... <laughs> it's been... <laughs> You're much better than me at that. Ah, oh, proud. You are proud much better. It's in your, I think it's in your range, that's why. <laughs> uh, it's going uh, in. It's going in hard, Luke. Yeah. Figs. Figs. You're starting with figs, are you? Do you like figs, Luke? I don't mind them, yeah. I I can't think of a fruit I don't particularly like. Do you want a terrible um, Christian song about figs? Uh, Yeah. There was a fig tree in Bethany Whose branches were all there When the master looked for figs to eat There weren't any there And they say the devil has the best songs. (laughs) Oi, I'll say it now. Don't mind it. First time I've heard that. There was a fig tree <laughs> in Bethany. I've never heard that song before. I haven't either, but what I would say... It almost say, sounds non-denominational. It does. It's so clappy. It's one of those ones where you wouldn't necessarily instantly know it's a it's a Christian song. Yeah, until it, get, it mentions Jesus. Yeah, it's slips like, it in you've there. got to use your gift. Slips it in there. You've got, you <laughs> <laughs> got your singing along, slips it in there. Yeah. But, um, I what, went to Catholic school, I understand the reference. I went to Church of England. Ooh. Oh, that's a fight. That's a fight. Um, the, um, the, the thing about that is, I, I say this regularly... Don't be scared of a pop melody. Right. There's too many artists out there, <laughs> recording artists out there, who try and go a bit weird because yeah. they're scared of the melody. You hear me, Tom York? If it was you, a fig tree. Exactly. If you can write the melody, <laughs> then write the melody. And if you can't, stop obfuscating. <laughs> figs. Get figs in there. Get figs in there. They are nice, they're pleasant, they're yep. nice and soft. They what you- I like about figs is they're effectively, um, they're a big ball of flowers. 
Right. The actual texture inside are just a lord of the fig tree flowers. Do, do you mind if I, if I just chip in here and say mm. that for those of you, those out there who've listened to our Uber over the years, mm. they are wondering, as I am, that this might be related to your constipation problems over no. the years. No. Uh, what I would point out is there's more food, isn't it? Yeah. Are we going to get oh, yeah. It's like a food special. It is. I'm going to name it that. <laughs> Episode <laughs> three, special. food special. Because um, um, figs apparently are very good at relieving con- constipation. Yeah. They're nature's way of doing that, aren't no, they? No, it's, it, I mean, it's, it, they don't work. Okay, you know, right. I need, I need hardcore drugs. Okay. To me- get me moving. Don't we all? Yeah. Um, right, yeah. Figs. I've been reading about figs this week. It's basically a, fla- a, a series of flowers inside a case, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like the kind of okay. filaments are kind of just flower heads. Okay. And, um, turns out, if you, like, ate a f- the fig off a tree in yeah. the wild, yeah. you'd probably be eating a lot of wasps. What? What? I know. Because um, we're told all the time that wasps have no... They don't pollinate, they don't do anything interesting. They, yeah. They're just dickheads. There's a really good new scientist uh, book <coughs> giving away... Oh, they're giving away free with a... With free a wasps. Particular, particular new scientist issue, or it was one of those ones you can buy at Christmas from the, from the publishers of New Scientist, mm. called Does Anything Eat Wasps? Right. And it's very interesting about the, the role that wasps play. It's so interesting, I can't remember anything about <laughs> it, but I do remember that. They must have some kind of role. Well, you're I about to tell us, aren't you? Well, in this case, they pollinate uh, figs, but... It's fascinating. Um, the fig wasps are very specific kinds of wasps. They're, they're, they're kind of all black. They, they don't look like our normal commoner garden wasps. They're not very colourful. Um, you know, like, at the bottom of a fig, it's got, like, a little hole. Mm. Like, a little round hole. So that's how the, the, the wasps get in. Uh, and they only let in the exact sort of wasp it needs to pollinate. Huh. A very specific wasp. Um, and it's such a tight squeeze that wasps invariably lose their antenna, antennae, 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 yeah, uh, and their wings as well when they go in. So they can't come out. So, they, so they, well, fundamentally, they, they can't go anywhere. It's such a tight squeeze. Um, and what they do—they're all female, female fig wasps. They they plant their eggs inside the flowers, up to a hundred at a time. Um, and while they do that, she's also got a bit of pollen on her. Mm-hmm. I'll get into this why she's got a lot of pollen in a bit. But she carries some pollen and it pollinates some of the flowers, fertilising them. Um, and then the wasps just die inside the figs. The wasps, though, the, the little baby wasps, they grow up inside the flowers. The males grow up first, a few days first. Right. Um, they find the pods of their sisters and impregnate them before they've hatched. Huh. That's horrible, isn't it? That, I mean, where are you getting this from? <laughs> what? Figs, mate? This is some comic book you're <laughs> So they impregnate their own sisters while they're still in their kind of birthing No, I, I got that bit, and I think... I, I want to say it again to really yeah, disgust I don't, people. I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> what, and so then, what? to what end? I mean, the, when, at what point do the, do the I other... I don't know what f- end it goes in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but where do the wasps go? Right, so... Before, so then, the male wasps, they bore escape holes through the walls of the fig for their sisters to escape, and then they die in the figs. The sisters escape... Um, picking up pollen as they go, and then they go and pollinate uh, other figs, and the cycle begins again. Do you know roughly what percentage of figs this replies to? I do, well, a, a, a very certain uh, amount of figs. This uh, is blowing my mind to bits. A so so if, 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 a, if a fig grower who was maybe produce, uh, providing to, um, to, to a supermarket or whatever... Mm. Do they, do they know about this, and so therefore they won't put those figs into the into the deliveries? So yeah, there's a they do them on separate trees. So there's a male tree and a female tree, and right. I think they can only um, pollinate female trees. But what I would say is the wasps don't know any different. No, it's but not a wasp fault, is it? No, it's not. The, don't blame the wasps. No. But what I like about it is like the the holes that the that the the male uh, young uh, wasps have made. They get out of the uh, get out of the the, the the fig like that with the little holes. 
which is fascinating. Yeah. And, I, I, know, um, I knew, knew, knew nothing about this. And so, um, it, the, how the seeds obviously get into the ground is just normal, you know, birds and, and yeah, yeah, monkeys course, yeah, yeah. and stuff eating it and, yeah. and pooing it out and stuff. But, I mean, what the, the, the wild fig is just basically like a big wasp body bomb. <laughs> yeah, well, we talked about bat bomb set, a, yeah, like, a couple of weeks ago. Um, ugh, a wasp... worse. Yeah, I mean, where the figs grow? What countries? I don't know. To yeah, be not Britain. I'm going to say Peru for a laugh. Nicaragua. Okay, that's a guess, isn't it? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a guess. Um, but, uh, that is that is. I mean, I don't really know how to take that. That's quite disturbing. But what I would say, uh, yeah. But most um, figs that we eat, they are um, grown under like farms and stuff like that. So we don't have all that problem. Notice he said most. Most they're, exactly. They're grown. They're grown under farms. You don't know. Oh, old McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> obviously an expert. It's disgusting though, isn't it? Yeah, awful. Really but awful. a big fig and you crunch down and you're like, oh. God. You wouldn't know because the figs are quite, um, they're soft on the outside, they've mm. got a soft kind of membrane, but yeah. inside they're quite crunchy. In, yeah, and, and, Wasp um, bodies. In, speaking of wasp bodies, it genuinely happened to me about six or so, no, probably longer than that, maybe just over a year ago. I was in the bathroom of my flat trying to change, I've got little spotlights in the roof. Right. And you, you take this bit of metal sort of wire which keeps the light yeah, in place yeah, yeah, yeah. and you pop it out and the, the light comes down on the cord obviously on the cable and you pull it yeah. out and replace it and one of them I did it pulled it down on a little step ladder literally dusted by about 20 wasp oh, yeah, they're dead disgusting. but they just, just landed there was this me. beautiful uh, video and it was beautiful um, of uh, a bloke who turned up rocked up at somebody's house they were having problems with the, they just saw a lot of bees outside right. and they were like oh there's clearly a wasp uh, a, 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 bee, a bee's nest somewhere <laughs> not the bees not the bees the bees uh, and basically this guy came around with a heat um, sensor like a, like a like a heat sensing camera basically and he found out where the hottest part of the um, the cavity wall was the cavity ceiling was and uh, he basically had to cut into uh, the ceiling and he cuts it out in a perfect square Yeah, and he sort of Pulls down the, the basically the ceiling. It's just a flat ceiling in somebody's um, front room. I think it was a b- bungalow, and he pulls it out, and it's like he's pulling out the bottom of a, a, a business, hive, a beehive, and all this honey starts dripping down because yeah. they've got this massive infestation. They've just made this kind of their own because you, you rarely see it's called an apiary, isn't it? Yeah, you, yeah. you rarely see one that's actually naturally formed. No, usually right, kind yeah. of made by made by humans and stuff. But he just sort of opens it, and all of this honey comes out. And the most amount of bees you've ever seen in your life—it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So this guy had to kind of basically—he's got this special Hoover, and he hoovers them all up and takes them elsewhere. I've um, that's Oof. cool. I've, uh, my father-in-law's got an apiary in his garden. And uh, I've been down there and um, and checked on the hive and stuff mm. with, the, with the suit on and mm. you use some smoke to use burn yeah, a bit, yeah. burn a bit of wood. make it sleepy or they, confused they, or something. It, no, it, it's almost like it just sedates them for some right. reason. Um, and it's fascinating to learn about how they... I mean, everyone knows this, I suppose, but it's fascinating to know the sort of hierarchy and it's actually a very complicated situation, the, the mm. beehive. I mean, in the winter, they, they do everything in their power to keep the queen alive because obviously yeah. you get... This is in New England where my father-in-law lives and, and it gets very cold in the winter. Um, I think that actually, sadly, a lot of them died, um, if not all of them, last winter, but normally they keep the queen When warm. a mystery man from Britain <laughs> yeah. and punched them, <laughs> punched the nest. They made good as escape <laughs> across the Atlantic. With a big ball of no. honey. He listens to this show, so I'm not... That, 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 that was nothing to do with me. Uh, anyway, yeah, so... Uh, listen, I've got... For my men, I'm Carter... i start, like, a, like a mystery um, podcast, like Serial, yeah. where we try and find out how all the bees died, yeah. and it's definitely you. You haven't got the motivation to do that. Professor um, Plum in the air fury. <laughs> I would definitely be Professor Plum, by the way. <laughs> um, so, figs into Ben Carter, specifically wasp-laden uh, figs. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move on. Speaking of wasps who buzz, what about this for mine? Mm. A very special buzz. Mm. Um, I would like to nominate Buzz Aldrin's right. July 1969 expenses claim. 
Now, if you're not this aware of this- This is not food related. <laughs> it's not, it's not. It's, it, we're finally deviating yeah. from, the, from the unplanned okay, food fine. theme. So, believe it or not, and it is hard to believe, but trust me, believe this is true. Mm. At the end of July 1969, of course, um, the summer in which um, Apollo 11 successfully landed on the moon and, yep. and a man walked on the moon for the first time and- and, uh, and came back again successfully. Um, I love the way I said that, man walked on the middle. We can all take credit for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he was required to submit a travel expenses claim. It called a travel voucher at the time. Yeah. And he submitted one for that trip of $33.31 um, for his trip. And he, and he actually published this on his Twitter page, which is a fantastic follow, mm. Buzz Aldrin. He's brilliant on Twitter. He's 87, still going strong. He's doing all this stuff uh, all over the place. He, he published a, a photo of his expenses claim from that particular trip um, from Houston, Texas, uh, to, the, to the moon via Cape Kennedy, Florida, and then from the moon back to the Pacific Ocean, to Hawaii, and then back to Houston. It was approved on August the 26th, 1969, signed off. Um, I mean, there must be, incredible. Like, for every place you go, there must be like a code. Like the, 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 that, um, that part of the administrative process has to go through. So it's like, yeah. what, what code do I put next to moon? Yeah, I know, right? Like, uh, he just, he, he, what number you, invoice do I put? If, if you look on it, I'll try and share it if I remember <laughs> on, on, on our Twitter uh, at Luke and Pete Show. Um, you, you, he, he, it's typed out on like a typewriter, yeah. as, you'd, as you'd expect. I mean, yeah. which is amazing thinking that they're actually gone to the moon and they're still using <laughs> typewriters, but that's obviously how it was. But um, I, I actually, and it reminded me that a, a number of years ago, I read a great book um, by a guy called Andrew Smith called Moon Dust hmm. in Search of the Men Who Fell to Earth. And he goes and hunts, um, doesn't hunt them. Like he goes to, <laughs> <laughs> like he the Nazi hunters. <laughs> he, goes and finds, he goes and finds all the men who are still living who have walked on the moon hmm. and, and tries to explain how deeply it affected their lives and all this other stuff. It's, it's a really fascinating. I recommend yeah. it. It's called Moon Dust. Um, and there's a great um, passage in it um, based on this, uh, which I'll read to you now. It says, We assume that Uncle Sam handsomely rewarded the single combat warriors who hung their asses far out over the line and did one of the most amazing things that any of us can imagine. But no, not at all. When these men went to the moon, they received the same per diem compensation as they would have for being away from the base in Bakersfield, $8 a day, <laughs> before various deductions like accommodation because the government was providing the bed in the spaceship. Fantastic. How about that, eh? Fantastic. I, yeah. I think I'm almost certain that um, because money was still um, uh, important to, to, to these guys, I'm fairly certain they um, signed a load of... Um, baseball kind of cards. Signed baseball cards, didn't That's they? That's right, yeah. And they hid them away um, in, in case they died mm-hmm. um, to, to, to sell them on and, and provide for their um, family and stuff because they couldn't get insurance, obviously, because right, you're going so, yeah. to the bloody moon. Well, listen, for this $8 a day per diem, mm. day, day rate, essentially, um, it's $55 a day now in today's right. money um, to give you some perspective, which isn't massive. No. And they were paid, I think, roughly seventeen to $20,000 a year as a salary, which is equivalent to about one hundred to one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year now, mm. which is obviously a good a good salary. Yeah. But I mean, these guys are, are at the very forefront of technology, and they're amazing pilots, hugely well qualified. In some cases, scientifically as well, um, a fantastic uh, insight into into what it was like back in all those years ago. Um, but apparently as well, Buzz was and Buzz is a great guy. I mean, you already punched that guy. Well, this is it. I was about to say. <laughs> so there was a uh, for those who haven't uh, seen or heard about this, there was a, a, a conspiracy theorist guy, who, a moon truther, yeah, idiot, who went around. He went around. <laughs> Such um, a little worm as well. I know. He was He was a little worm, and he went around. Um, obviously, Neil Armstrong passed away. Now I'm not sure about Michael Collins. I think he might have done as well. Who was the third guy? Mm. Um, and Buzz Aldrin. He tried to find them all these different various events, and when he was able to essentially doorstep them, mm. he had a Bible with him, and he made them swear on the Bible that, um, that um, they, they, they indeed walked on the moon and that actually happened. Mm. 
and I think Neil Armstrong who's a very reserved sort of quiet guy um, it just didn't engage with him I think Michael Collins was the same he went straight up to Buzz Aldrin it's great video he's got a, a t-shirt trousers and some braces uh, and uh, he walks up to him, to him Buzz Aldrin looks at him punches him in the face <laughs> he goes why did you lie why did you lie about going on the moon and he just punches yeah, him in the face but um, <laughs> Buzz, um, Buzz was apparently at one point supposed to be the first man on the moon right so um, he was a lunar module pilot so um the way it was going to work because obviously this had never been done before mm. it was it was going to be it was going to be um, buzz to do it but neil armstrong who was the mission commander and technically the senior officer yeah. successfully lobbied for a change in the um in the sort of um the protocol yeah. of how things were going to work because obviously it was very well planned um and um, they, they discussed the practicalities of it of how small the lunar module was as well and worked out that it'd be easier for neil armstrong so he eventually did it um it, so it made sense logistically for it but buzz apparently I've always come at the other side now. Seems like a great guy now. He was very, very, very upset about it for a long time. Right. Uh, Michael Collins, who was left aboard the command module, who for one at one moment, um, or for that that twenty, I think it was twenty one hours ish, they were on the moon. For that period of time, Michael Collins was officially the most isolated man in human history, the, the loneliest man ever, basically. Because oh, because he was so, he was so far, far away from, from everyone, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he he commented saying that um, Buzz resented not being first more than he appreciated being second, but Buzz <laughs> made up for it by being the first by man punching both of them. <laughs> <laughs> he, but no, yeah, on the moon could have could have happened. But he uh, made up for it for being the first man to take a piss on the moon. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. of course they just went. They, yeah. they couldn't wait. No, and exactly. he was like, "Oh, these guys are taking a while." I'm doing I'm that, doing yeah. a doing that, yeah. That would have been a surprise. Fantastic. I, mean, I presume they peed weightlessly before, but I mean, well, before the, they got there, there was talk that a lot of the um, lot of the um, astronauts who went to the moon. Um, I mean, at that point, um, because I think I think I, I don't know this for sure, but I think because it was pushed through so quickly, because it was mm. whole propaganda type thing element yeah, to it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the stuff they didn't really prioritise. So I think I think in a lot of the test. Um, because you know, obviously, a few of the missions they went round the moon and, and orbited it before they actually walked yeah. in it. A lot of those missions, a lot of the, some of the astronauts were refusing to use a toilet. They were remote, but essentially taking a modium. For like three or four what, days. So didn't, right, yeah, because okay. it was such a traumatic thing to have to do. <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the other things I found out while reading about this as well is these days for um, astronauts who spend a lot of time up in space, um, one of the biggest things that affects them is the skin on the soles of their feet. Oh, well, it, it, it softens. Because they're not it? being used. Right. So the skin on the soles of the feet can apparently essentially perish and become very, very painful because oh. you're not... Obviously, the skin is designed to be padded down, to be worn away, to be yeah. used over and over again. This is not happening. And if they spend extended amounts of time in weightlessness and up in sort of near-Earth orbit, yeah. um, it, can, it can affect I them I can't imagine badly. how the joints sort of deal with it's, sort of being bad, back on yeah. it. And I think the okay. muscles sort of tend to atrophy as well. But, I mean, listen, there'll be plenty of people out there who know a lot more about that science than we do mm. who can get in touch, but... Maybe um, someone's listening on the ISS, or yeah. whatever you call it now. So Buzz Aldrin, yeah. Buzz so I think you said Buzz Aldrin at, sh- at no, no. com. Buzz Aldrin's July nineteen sixty nine expenses claim. Truly one of the best artifacts in history. Gotta be, absolutely gotta be. <laughs> that's gotta be that's my there. that's my thing. All right then. Well, it's going in. We'll both look after Luke. That's me. That was on a kids' TV show uh, involving a lot of elephants. I don't know what it's not got really any relevance. I like that with the elephants. Good. It's, it sounds like um, I think is it the, to the tune of the farmer wants a wife. The farmer wants a wife. The farmer wants... Yeah. And a hunting we will go. Do you know, also... Well, don't hunt the elephants in the TV show. Bringing it right up to date, that's the tune that um, Omar was in The Wire. Oh, yes, it is, isn't Isn't it? it? Yeah. Yeah. Omar coming. Before we go, because I understand it is time to go. um, Time to go. Another... 
I can't remember this is episode one or episode two, so forgive me, but a few people got in touch. We were talking about the Tunnocks factory. Do you remember we were talking about the Tunnocks caramel wafers and tea cakes yep. and the small town in Scotland where it essentially smells beautifully of caramel all year right, round? Right, yes. Um, I think I said it was Ullipal. killed five people. Uh, apparently, yeah, no, <laughs> apparently it's Uddingston. Right. There we go. That Uddingston. is the dullest. I'm glad it's taken to the end of episode three for someone to come to up with that us. boring clarification. And I'm a professional, so I'll read it out. Yeah. I don't mind being wrong. All it happens right, all the time. But that's Let, about it, isn't yeah. it? Let's get over here. Yeah, let's do it. If you want to get in touch with the show, as always, it's hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. And, uh, on Twitter at Luke and Pete Show. Yeah, Instagram, all at jazz. Subscribe on iTunes and find us at lukeandpeteshow.com. Leave us a review because that's important. We yeah. are learning. <laughs> and th- yeah. thanks for everyone who has been, uh, been listening and uh, been recommending it to their friends. But uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another show. We'll both look after Luke. We'll, we'll both, both look, look after Luke. Luke. I can't remember the rest of the words, but oh, my Carmen, yo. Oh, have a fig! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.